price drop? Time to shop. Get to a Nordstrom Rack store today for first dibs on new markdowns. Now score even more, up to 70% off brands everyone loves at Nordstrom Rack. Denim, dresses, sneakers, tops, and more. Plus, get genius deals on jackets, sweaters, and boots for the whole family. Shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and save up to 70% with new markdowns. But hurry, deals this great won't last. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help you ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's ruined. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Ruined. I'm Hallie. And I'm Allison. And we're coming in hot after about 40 minutes of trying to figure out how to get Allison's headphones to connect. I'm immediately going to put you on blast. I mean, I have to say that, like, there's a lot of things I'm not good at. But, like, understanding the logistics of and following the instructions for current technology is probably at the top of the list. I know that we right. share that as a, oh, as a problem. I, literally, if I was posed with the problem of connecting my Bluetooth uh, headphones to my computer, I would be in tears. Like, I would be panicking. I would have to say I am very happy I didn't cry. I was close <laughs> at one point. <laughs> um, I could tell. And I'm, thank you for holding it together. Nothing makes me more, like, I think I have cried over uh, technology failures yes. more than any emotional human interactions I've ever had. Like, yeah. I will just melt down if, like, something happens on my computer and it's not very obvious how to fix it and simple. Absolutely. This past year especially, like, if my internet goes out, it's like, well, I might oh. as well be dead. I am dead That's to it. the world. I can't see anyone. I have nothing. Um, and speaking about death, um, we, uh, we've been taking your recommendations for films. So the, this week, our, the film comes from the recommendation of Ariel W. So thank you so yes. much. Thank you, Ariel. But before we even get into that, we do want to do a reader question, a listener question. I mean, except for the people, of course, who print out the podcast transcripts and read them, which, which I assume is most of you. I think you could take notes on the margins. You can bind them and keep them in your libraries. Yes, and yes, exactly. And I would assume uh, very spooky bindings on all of them. Old leathers and bats and things oh, like yeah. that. Human leathers. Human leathers. Um, so this question is from Sophie Kay, who emailed us and asked, I love this question, uh, have you ever had someone accidentally ruin the end of a movie for you, horror or otherwise, that you were really looking forward to seeing? Sophie, I love this question. <laughs> yeah, so thank good. you. A perfect question. I know what my answer is yes, right away. me too. What? Where where are you? What was okay. what was your experience? So I and where are you on spoilers and ruining things in general? As you can imagine, I am somebody, and I said this on um, another podcast, uh, uh, movies to watch in bars. What I did recently, we did the Conjuring Three, and oh, we'll put a link to that. I'll put it on my Instagram. I'm someone who, if I go to the bathroom in the middle of a movie, I will look up spoilers during the movie. Like I will go to Wikipedia and read the plot. So that's yes. how insane I am. I, so yeah, but as a result, I'm with you. yeah, I, I don't really care. What about you, Allison? I think like there are a few things that I like want to experience, you know, as it's supposed as the narrative is supposed to unfold. But I would say most things. I mean, obviously, the premise of this podcast is I'm like, will you ruin this for me? Right. <laughs> but like, I think overall, like an ending doesn't really like a spoiler to me. I'm like, that's not why I'm watching something. Like, right. it's not like, you know, it's like to, you know, get in with these characters or see this world or like find out how we get there. Like, you know, I think a few like things I would prefer to watch like in their entirety in that. But like, I think for the most part, I'm kind of like, I want to know, just tell me. 
Yeah, and I would say the the only one that comes to mind, just because it was so funny, and I feel like I've maybe talked about this, so so I, I apologize, dear listeners, um, is I went to go see my uh, The Sixth Sense with my Aunt Nancy, and about 15 minutes from the end, she turns and says, in a stage whisper, whisper which is basically a scream, yes. oh, <laughs> he's a ghost in a dead silent theater. And everyone turned to her, and I was like, he is a ghost, isn't he? And she was right. Oh, and I didn't, obviously, I, mean, I was about to find that out. Good on her. There was that moment right. of like, well, I was going to get there. I was almost there. I didn't know. And I guess that is the twistiest twist movie. So that yeah. was the only movie where I was like, well, if I had, if you had told me this outside the movie theater, I could have gone into it or I could have enjoyed the whole film. To tell me right before it happens was kind of, that was, mm. I was a little flicklemped. But um, other than that. That's tough. Yeah. What about you, Allison? I have one that was my, this, this is, somebody did this to me. This was my fault. Mm-hmm. Um, so I watched The Wire, not when it came out, but very shortly after. Um, okay. And I'm from Maryland, so like, and I worked in Baltimore, and I love Baltimore, so I was like all in. I love The Wire. I know that's such a unique personality. <laughs> I like The Wire. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I went in like not knowing, like, of course I knew a lot about the show, but I didn't know like a lot of like the, seminal plot points because like it had just come out. It was like, this is before the internet was like, we're going to tell you everything that happens all the time and everything. So like Wikipedia existed and I was literally going to Blockbuster to rent the wire. That's how I watched it. So like, oh, Blockbuster. Um, So I was trying to look up, I was like confused or like wanted some details on something in like an episode in season three, um, just like, you know, early in the season, there was just like something I was like, oh, I'm just going to go to the Wikipedia page and like read about this episode so that I can like get all the information Uh-oh. I wanted because I was like loose on something. And then I accidentally was just on the season three page, which just announced that like Stringer Bell gets shot. And like, it was like a very like devastating death and like a very big, like I knew of course at some point he was no longer on the show. I didn't know how. And so I like right. ruined it for myself. And I was upset about that because that was one like, that I think I would have rather been surprised right. and like been shocked by that death. And instead, I just literally went to Wikipedia and looked it up. <laughs> and we want to we want to issue a pro- uh, proactive, a preactive yes. um, spoiler alert for the wire. Don't listen to what Allison just said. Go back in time and, and don't <laughs> if listen. You're, if you're if if it's 2021 and you're still holding exactly. out on like plot points of the wire, you I I'm sorry. Like I'm sorry. Someone was telling about the Sopranos and someone was like, oh, spoiler. And he's like, that it's that it, it literally it was it's been two decades since that show started. Like yeah. I, it, right. it's, it's over. It, um is there yeah. a genre? You don't get, there's like a statute of limitations on right. spoiling, I think. Did you is there a genre that you care more about spoilers? Than horror? Like, are you someone where it's like, I don't want to know a drama or a rom-com? I guess a rom-com, you know they're going to get together. Anyways, a rom-com, you know. you know what's going to happen. I would love to be surprised by one, but what? we never will be. Yeah, they um, both die at the end. I think, like, a drama, like, I have, I watched Mayor of Easttown, okay. and I was like, oh, okay, like, I would actually want to, like, I had to, like, stay off Twitter because I couldn't watch it till the next morning, and I was like, well, everybody's going to be talking about this. So, like, the undoing, kind of like, I think those like right. suspense dramas that are like crime dramas or, or other, you know, I think those, I I do want to try and, and like something like the, what like prestige dramas right. as well. well. You know, I um, normally. Just because I think that they're done well and I would like yeah. to experience them. I normally have a hard time watching, like I'll, if it's like the undoing or something, I'll watch it like two years later and then want to talk about it. For whatever reason, I can't watch it well at the same time. But the one thing I did watch 
simultaneously as it came out was Cruel Summer on Freeform, and it's also on Hulu. You mentioned this to me, and I do want to watch I it. I loved it. And I definitely had to stop myself from looking up what happened at the end. But it's also similarly okay. like, I don't think you, if you knew, knew what happened, it doesn't ruin it. It's just they like, you, you're seeing two, three different timelines, and like it's like who knows what, who did what. There's a lot of layers to it. So I thought, if you knew it wouldn't mean anything, but also it would a fun treat to occasionally yeah. allow yourself to be surprised. Yeah, I like, we don't have a lot of surprises in life anymore, I feel. No, it's just an endless waterfall of horror that yep. occasionally your yep. canoe That's, will go over. Yeah. What kind um, of absolute nightmare are we uh, experiencing in life? But other than that, there's not a lot of surprises, so... Yeah. Um, that was a great question. Sophie, thank you so much. And if anyone else has other questions similar to that or completely different from it, uh, email us at ruined at the radiopoint.com. Look at that. Knew it on the first try. Oh, yeah. It only took us <laughs> nearly a year to get there. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, we're going to get started. The movie we are ruining this week is 1998's Urban Legend. Oh, I'm very excited we're doing this movie. And again, this is really, you know, this dates us, but this is the sweet this spot is, of, of actors, young actors oof, from when, when we were oof. young, when your Mimas were young. This is 14-year-old me was like begging my mother to drive me to see movies with these actors in them. A hundred percent. This is semi-unrelated, but I remember making my mother drive me to the movies again to see uh, The Full Monty because I there's like a, you see two guys' butts, <laughs> or you see their butts and then you, like two guys have a gay subplot. And I was like, I, this is my only access to that kind of stuff, please. Anything that's not my life and going to <laughs> was, church or whatever. <laughs> was going and seeing the full Monty in theaters. Listen, if that's the worst thing your kids want to see, that you're, you're I luck. mean, If we had had the great. internet, you know, God, God, God knows. We had it just uh, yeah. when I was older. But I'm talking, I'm talking Jared Leto. Whew. I'm talking Rebecca Gayhart, okay? Yes. I am talking Tara Reed, baby. Tara Reed. Um, we, they, all and also, who's that redhead? Who's the redhead in it? Alicia Witt. Alicia Witt. We do a lot of movies where there's like a a feisty redhead trying to survive. Like the, the 90s was all about yes. a feisty redhead for whatever reason. Yes. And she was definitely at the yes. top of the list. Yes. So before we get started, we always uh, like to have Allison watch the trailer. What are your thoughts about the Urban Legend trailer? I mean, this took me back. <laughs> mm, I really uh, was like, I am back. in middle school wearing mm-hmm. Abercrombie cargo pants and like just... <laughs> Really, like, being like, I got to go over to Carrie's house because we're going to call boy. Like, I mean, truly, it, it, it is a, a time travel mm-hmm. trailer for me. But, I mean, it's like the, per- it's all of the perfect, like, and I forget if Scream came out before this. And I know Scream is, like, my touchstone for, like, everything because it's one of the four horror <laughs> movies I've seen. But, like, it has the Scream, like, the Matthew Lillard-style character of, like, a guy who's like, come on, guys. Yeah. Like, it's a fucking prank. Also, Joshua Jackson with blonde hair. I mean, come Oh, please on. Joshua Jackson. Yeah, Scream came out in 1996. So, yeah, two years before that. So, this. this was after that. So, like, I think they kind of invented that, like, kind of, like, know-it-all dipshit character. <laughs> and there, it seems like there might be more than one of those in this yes, movie. Yes, there are quite a number of dipshits in this movie. <laughs> and they will, they will get the, theirs in the end. Um, I always like to take a baseline scary. And I feel like we sort of touched on this with um, with Candyman. To be fair, Candyman is not in of itself an urban legend. It is a fictional no. one. And he is also a yes. supernatural entity. But the more, the more concrete idea of an urban legend, how scary do you find that? I think it's, I think they're pretty scary because mm-hmm. I think overall urban legends are not like, 
a demon exploded through the floor of a right. church. They're like, oh, a man murdered a woman. And you're like, well, that definitely did happen in <laughs> some tracks. capacity. Yeah, that adds up. <laughs> yeah, that all adds up. That that makes sense historically. So, like, I think urban legends are so scary because, like, they're usually just kind of, like, a specific crime that, like, probably has happened. Like, Yes. And so that's the thing. Do you feel like there is there are there is some truth to urban legends? I think that there I think in the way like that we have this fascination with true crime in our culture especially right now it's mm-hmm. like at its height. I think it's like I think that it is just like like urban legends are like the old like my favorite murder. Like you know what yes, I mean? Like absolutely. Like I think that like yeah, like, I am sure, like, what, the, uh, somebody was, like, hiding under a woman's car with a hook and, like, slashed her ankles or whatever. Like, yes. like that one or whatever. It's, like, I am pretty sure that happened. Like, right. I don't think you have to make up that thing. Like, was it going to happen again? Like, probably right. not. There's right, lots yeah. of random acts of is violence it, is it in the world. Is a prevalent experience? No. Right. Or is it just, like, an isolated, like, this is a crazy crime. And, like, instead of being, like, listen to the story, it's, like, He's still out, like, kind of just, like, right. tr- spinning it into a possibility instead of just, like, a story of a thing that happened. And do you think you have a favorite urban legend? Because I have one I'd like to share with you, and I, I just wanted to pick your brain. Mine is, of course, mm-hmm. a family hires a babysitter. She shows up. She's acting a little odd, but they're like, oh, listen, we're a young, hot couple. we got to go on the town. We've got a baby. It's going to be asleep the whole time. Also, there's a turkey we'd like you to, to cook in the oven. They come back. Oh. They go, come inside, they see her holding a bundle, they walk over, and she's cradling the turkey. It's wrapped in a baby blanket, and she says, oh, me and the baby are doing fine. I think the turkey's almost done. <gasps> that feels like a street joke and not like an urban legend. <laughs> I, I remember reading that as a kid and being like, dear God. Like, I was like, I yeah. took it, and I really took urban legends as like, maybe if you'd asked me, it would have said, no, not real, but I believed them. I thought they were all real. I feel like I don't know as many of the murder ones, but the one that I always think of when somebody says urban legend is that there are alligators and crocodiles Absolutely. in the New York City sub, like sewer system because people were getting baby ones as pets and flushing them down the toilet when they like thought they were dead, but they were still alive. And that there are like, you know, big chompers walking around right. underneath the city, which I like to believe is true. I, I know too. it's not. Because I don't think that our sewer system can sustain anything that is not rats feel, and cockroaches. I would feel terrible for them if they lived down there. They'd be real with syphilis. I really hope but they like, don't. It would be really fun if they were just kind of thriving down there for some reason. And I mean, with climate change, who knows? You know what I mean? New York, who knows? New York's going to be probably going to be the safest place for them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's going to be a, the alligator kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then kingdom. finally, um, of course, our last question before we ruin the movie is, Allison, would you like to guess the... Twist. Guess the twist. I gotta say that I think, like, the twist is that it's gonna be one of the, like, sexy co-eds that's committing all the murders. You're getting too goddamn good Getting too good. Also, like, these, this genre yes. of movie, which is uh, Dawson's Creek but with murder, um, yeah. I think, like, there isn't a lot. Of, like, it is pretty, they are pretty formulaic. Yeah, right. You have, uh, well, it's also like every horror movie, it's like, it's going to be someone we've met. Very rarely is mm-hmm. it just, I mean, and it, sometimes it is like a Freddy or whatever, but we meet him. Like, we meet, okay, yeah. who's it going to be? It's this guy? Yeah, with the, the burn scars. So I think it's like once you have like your eight to 10 characters, eh, you know it's going to be it's, one it's of gonna them. It's going to be some, yeah. yeah. So I'm going to guess that. 
So let us begin by ruining <gasps> urban legend. We open on a rainy night, Allison. Oh, no. College student Michelle Mancini. <laughs> she's got a great pixie cut. This was also the era of the pixie cut. Everyone thought everyone should have a this pixie was, cut. This was a big time a for the A huge pixie mistake. Cut. A cultural, it's a disgrace. All of our photos, there's like four years, no one, I blame Mandy Moore and everyone else of this I era blame. who had a pixie cut because they looked good. Well, like, I mean, the, the kind of bone structure you need to carry yes. off that haircut is, I mean, a genetic lottery winning. And Michelle has has it. And so she's driving through the night. It's torrentially raining, and she's listening to Under the Covers with Sasha at the uh, from the Pendleton University radio station. Sasha is played by Tara Lee Reed. And she's like this, like, sex— You know, again, she's like 20 years old or whatever, but, like, people right. call in and ask for sex advice. This girl calls in, and she's like, I swallowed during a blowjob, and now I feel like I can swim, them, swim around inside of me. And it's like— we really need to put more effort and money into sex education for these kids. Public sex education is lacking. We can't rely on Tara Reid to be telling everybody what's going on during a blowjob. No. So he, she's driving along, and she sort of she's driving, and it, you know, she's blasting total eclipse of the heart. As a result, she fails to notice that her car is running out of gas. So she's kind of in, at this point in the middle of nowhere. She pulls into a little tiny, decrepit, of course, gas station. Gas station. The most pivotal location of the horror movie. We got to get to the gas station. Always get to the gas station. Something's going to happen there. Um, And uh, she's there totally alone. It's the middle of the night. And uh, Brad Dorif is the gas station attendant. He he stutters. He has long hair. He's soaking wet because he has to come out in the rain. He's disheveled. And he sort of startles her by, like, slamming his fist on the window to get her attention. And he's just, he's just asking for a credit card. So he takes her card, fills up her tank, and goes inside to, to run it. And then he comes back, and he says, you know, the credit card company's on the phone. I can't run your card. You should come inside with me. And Michelle's like, oh, Ooh. shit. Like, I get I'm a college student. I probably maxed out my card. That's possible. But of course. now I have to go inside a gas station, a place where only things are, are you're only murdered, Ooh. and with a total stranger. So she puts, like, um, pepper spray in her pocket. And she goes inside, but he takes her to, like, the mechanic shop, and he locks the door behind her. And when she goes to pick up the landline phone, she she hears, there's nobody on the phone. The line's actually out of order. So he's not on the phone with the credit card company. No. Luckily, Michelle has her wits about her. She fucking pepper sprays his ass. And it, and Good. Kind of, it kind of kicks his ass a little bit, if I'm going to be honest. Unlocks the door, I runs back out to the car. He's chasing her, but he's stuttering, and he's trying to tell her something. She leaves the car, and she peels away, and she's gone before he can get out his sentence, which is, there's someone in the back seat, which is, of course, a famous urban legend. Michelle's driving by sobbing. So he was trying to, war- he was trying to warn her. Yes. He was trying to be like, come inside, we'll lock the door. Somebody we'll is in your car door. that I you clearly don't know about. Whoa. As she's driving, sobbing. Gas station twists. I know. He, again, many of our gas stations Ex- are actually good-natured trying to help heroes. And instead, they're treated as, like, hillbilly monsters. Right. And to be fair, sometimes they are hillbilly monsters. And, and sometimes they are. Know. You can't know. But you, are, you can't know. And that's, that's the struggle person. of the horror movie gas station. Unfortunately, as Michelle drives, a hooded figure wearing a winter coat rises Ooh. up in her backseat and decapitates her with an axe. With an axe? An axe. This is a full-on axe Ooh. decapitation. A axe-capation. So oh, back okay. at Pendleton, um, you know, all everyone's back at the coffee shop. You know, this is late 90s. So Pendleton is the university? Yes. Love and that. it's clearly like, uh, you know, in the middle of nowhere. I, I took it to be like, I was like Midwestern or something. Like college town surrounded by a lot of no- nothing. 
Yeah, I'm getting like a Middlebury kind of like, yeah, just kind of. Yeah, somewhere where it's like you're not near a city. You know, the, it's we're rural. here. We're all uh, we're res- we're all living near the or on campus. So we're, we're with Natalie, who's Alicia Witt, and she's hanging out with Parker, uh, Michael Rosenbaum, Brenda, who is Rebecca Gayhart, and Paul Jared Leto. And wow. Parker is telling an urban legend, and he because uh, apparently there's an abandoned dorm on campus. With that, it's just been boarded up. Nobody lives in there. It's called right. Stanley Hall. And he's telling them, 25 years ago, this weekend, a professor went insane. And he went into the dorm and just started knocking on doors. And anyone who opened the door, he slit their throat and ah. killed them. Until finally, he stabbed himself through the heart. And it's known as the Stanley Hall Massacre. And every year, the fraternity Omega Sigma Pi, they throw a big party, celebrating the massacre, and everyone dresses up all ghouly, and we have a great time. And everyone else is like, we would know if this happened. Like, this would be in the papers, bitch. Like, <laughs> there would this be one, one piece of information about it. There'd be some evidence of this. And Parker says, no, the college covered it up because it would have affected enrollment. And, you know, the reputation would have tanked, which I now, like, knowing more about, like, how colleges handle crime— that makes yeah. more sense to me. That no, seems that possible. actually all really tracks. Yeah, and Paul works in the newspaper. He's like, I'm a journalist. That's my thing. I would know about this. I All I do is research things and write. And so he sort of makes fun of him. And he leaves. And Brenda turns to Natalie. And Brenda's like, I'm going to fuck that guy, Paul. Because Paul looks like Jared Leto. He is Jared Leto. So right. Brenda's like, right. oh, I like. Uh, and so we find out. I that, am fucking him. So Brenda yeah. has just transferred. So she's sort of the new person in the group. And she's like, how is this motherfucker looking like this walking around, you know? And, and they're walking I mean, he back is hot. to. Yeah, they're walking back uh, to Natalie's dorm. And, and Brenda asks Natalie, like, so if this is true, if there was this mass here, why wouldn't they tear the dorm down or like refurbish it? Why would they just have this abandoned building? And Natalie's like, because it's not true. Like, there's some, it's probably as asbestos or something, you know? Right. And they run up to the store, uh, the door of it, and I guess one of the things they you could do is they, you say Bloody Mary to the boarded-up door, and she shows up, doesn't add. We all know she's okay. in the bathroom watching Yeah, you. she lives in a mirror because she's a lady who loves a reflection. And so they're laughing, and they say Bloody Mary five, uh, five times, and they hear a man screaming, and they jump back into the arms of uh, this other frat boy, Damon, played by a bleach-blonde Joshua Jackson. Love. And, Love um, that. And he's immediately hitting on Natalie. He's like, oh, I love a feisty redhead. You know, he's clearly into her. Um, Natalie goes back to her dorm. She's startled by a weird janitor. And that is how he is credited. The character does not even get a name. <sighs> Janitors are the only uh, profession you get less respect than a gas station attendant in a horror movie. Is he credited as janitor or weird janitor? Allison, weird janitor. <laughs> And I'll be honest, this actor, I I, I look up, I'll look up his name uh, when we're done, but um, uh, he 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 kills it. He said, "We need someone to play a weird janitor." He says, "I'm your man." So she walks in on her goth roommate Tosh getting absolutely railed by some other, like some goth guy, to Rob Zombie's Spook Show Baby, another late '90s classic. Perfect. And Tosh says, "Leave the lights on if you come home and I'm fucking somebody." You know, like leave the lights off, which is and not something. It's not a fair thing to ask of a roommate. No, it's not. You know, like at least lock the door. And not only that, uh, Tosh continues to have sex with this guy to the point where Natalie has to go to sleep in her bed with her headphones on while they continue to bone. The next day, she attended a class that I honestly thought I'd be able to take in college because of, like, how much it appears in horror movies. They all take their class on, like, Urban Legends 101. I absolutely was convinced that this was how college— yeah. When I was in, like, middle and high school, like, when I— before, and I was just like, oh, you just take a class and, like, a concept. It's, like, Urban Legends and, like— 
I don't know. I can't think. But like other Modernity. stuff, like, it's like, yeah. <laughs> Pop music and Pop music anthropology. And, yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's half true, but I wish there had been an urban legends. I mean, yeah. I guess that's also. I would have def. I would have taken that class. In Candy in Candyman, uh, yes. Helen is literally getting her like doctorate or her master's in, in Urban Legends. Legends. Phenomenal. So everyone we've already <laughs> met is in this class. Like apparently everyone, it is a huge class. The this is a popular class. This is the Psych 101 of Pendleton. Yes. So yes. the professor <laughs> is Professor we- uh, William Wexler, and he is played by Freddy Krueger himself, Robert England. And, uh, and he fun. introduces the urban legend of the babysitter and the call from inside the house, which I'm presuming you remember that urban legend, right, Allison? Yes. And he, he's sort of saying the cultural, every urban legend has a cultural admonition. Like there's a lesson in the urban legend. And this one is, young women, my dear children, a harm will come your way. So is she, I okay. guess in this version of it, the babysitter's kind of blowing off the kids not, and then doesn't notice, doesn't realize something is wrong in the house until she gets a call from upstairs and Brenda starts laughing, and Professor Wexler's like, well, what's funny about this? So, what are you laughing at? And she says, well, maybe the cultural ammunition is don't babysit. So he calls her up to stage. She's not wrong. Yeah, and he says, I'd like to demonstrate another urban legend. He has her eat Pop Rocks and then asks her to take a sip of Pepsi, which she refuses to do, because famously, uh, that combination will yes. make your stomach and intestines explode, and apparently that's how Mikey from the Life Cereal commercials died. Yes, died. As yes. we all know. I will say... I am with her, not because I think it would make my intestines explode and kill me like a cereal mascot. Yeah. But I don't think digestively it would be a pleasant experience. No, I think it would be hell, especially It'd at be our very age. gassy. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it, today, absolutely not. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. even, in, even in college, it would have been a bloating, absolutely. gassy mess. So Brenda refuses, and Professor Wexler shows a picture of uh, Mikey from Life Sierra commercial that says, oh, will, will you do it if you know that he's a successful ad salesman or whatever? It's like, I guess. Like, I mean, is that a life? I, he's technically alive, but... Yeah. And so Damon gets up, and he says, I'll do it. Damon does the Pop Rocks, the Pepsi. He immediately starts choking and foaming at the mouth, and he collapses yes. to the ground, and everyone shrieks, and he jumps up, and he pops his eyes open, and he smiles. It was just a prank. It was just oh, a prank where everybody died. Jackson. Such oh, a so funny. So um, the next day, Natalie and Brenda see uh, Dean Adams and the security guard, Reese, who's played by Loretta Devine, and they're throwing away these student newspapers. Like, they're collecting them and getting rid of them. And Paul, of course, the journalist, is like, what are you doing? Everything I wrote is true. You can't hide the truth, you know? But Dean Adams is like, I'm the dean, which means I'm going to make some bad decisions and punish yes. your children, and it'll come back around. And he threatens yes. him. And uh, basically, Paul had written up the death of Michelle Mancini, which was, at least at this juncture in the movie, unsolved. But she had been brutally murdered and was connected. She had gone an under, an undergrad there. And so, again, Dean Adams was like, I don't want this uh, associated with the college, lending some credence okay. to the whole Stanley Hall theory of, like, well, they would have yes. wanted to get out. He's that yes. much of a hard ass. Um, so Paul starts to interview Brenda about the murder, just like, oh, a reaction on campus. And he's like, this is a real person. Like, this is disgusting. Like, you're a horrible person. And they fi- find out the gas station attendant, we find out his name is Michael McDonald. Um, he's missing. So Michelle's been murdered. The gas station okay. attendant is missing. Missing. And everyone is sort of like, you know, like shocked, but also kind of titillated, but also like scared. And Damon's like, you know, I knew Michelle and I will really miss her because... That girl gave great head, and he mimes because her head got chopped off. Allison, you know what I mean? So he mimes a blowjob yeah, no, with her head. You know I, what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. Yep. 
Natalie, yeah. however, is very like silent and weird about it, but that's not that unusual. I mean, if, if someone, you no, know, I mean, a classmate was brutally murdered. A super violent graphic death of someone you know who is your age that could happen to you. Like that is an yeah. absolutely fair response. hundred percent. So back in her in her room, you know, Natalie goes to sort of like brood and be alone. And Tasha's there listening to industrial music and smoking. Nice. And being a huge bitch. And Natalie, uh, see that she dropped her like bottle of lithium on the ground and hands it to her and then tries to use the landline, but Tasha's on their dial-up because she's always online. And is it just like, it's like, this is my telephone too. And it's like, okay. I like, okay. I, I, I appreciate where you're coming from, but it's like, you fucked her, if someone in front of her, like you owe her. You can't be a bitch yeah. now on top of everything no. else. No, now you have to be like conciliatory and nice. Yeah. As Natalie gets ready for bed, she's looking at your book. We see that Natalie went to high school and was on the cheer squad with Michelle. So she did know Michelle. Okay. She didn't say, tell yeah. her friends that, but she knows that they have some connection. Uh, okay. Damon stops by and, and is like, oh, Natalie, do you want to go to this frat party or whatever? And, you know, she declines, you know, because she's kind of down about Michelle's death. And he said, well, you want to just go, like, hang out? We could talk about it. And she's like, of course, of course, because he's uh, Blue Swan, uh Joshua Jackson. He really, he always wants to make out. She thinks we're going to yeah. go to his car, actually. But he drives to the middle of nowhere under, like, a big, beautiful Great. willow tree. They're drinking of beers. Course. Um, he it. inadvertently turns on Paula Cole's I Don't Want to Wait, which was the theme song for Dawson's Creek. So That's that was fun. fun. I like all these nods. Yeah. They're having fun in this movie. <laughs> and, you know, she, you know, she's just what doesn't want to talk. And Damon's like, we know I had a girlfriend and she died of a, um, a syndrome. So I know what it's like when people die. A and she's syndrome? Like, she's like, you're just making that up. You can't just say a syndrome. <laughs> you couldn't even think of an ed illness. Also, just say a car accident. You know what I mean? Right. What are you doing? And so he goes around the kid for a kiss, and she full-on punches him in the face. And he's like, you have to be such a bitch about it. And she's like, I just want to go back to campus. I'm not here to hook up with you. He goes out to pee in the undergrowth before they leave. Unfortunately, in the darkness of the forest, a rope is suddenly thrown over his head, and he is strangled and dragged onto the ground. What? And meanwhile, Natalie's waiting in the car, and eventually enough time passes where she's like, shit, okay, he didn't come back. Something and like, has happened. I, so she's in the car, she has the keys, but she's like, I can't just leave him, even though I fucking hate this guy now. Ooh, that's a tough... Yes. So she gets out to start to look for him. Would Allison, how do you, what do you, how do you feel like you would have handled that moment? I, you know, I go back and forth because part of me is like, just drive the car away. But like, yeah. it is someone you know, like you are with another person. Like you should do the due diligence of right. making sure that they're not dead, I guess. Yeah. But, oh boy. I mean, I think I would start screaming for him a lot. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. And do, like, a quick lap. And if not, like, I would maybe, like, drive the car around. Mm-hmm. Like, instead of walking around looking for him, it's like, all right, we're on grass. Like, just drive the car around as far as you can. Exactly. No, I think that's the way to go. I mean, it's definitely think- um, better than what you did. As well. she's looking for him, a figure, again, in a winter coat, emerges in the darkness and chases her. She heads, she gets jumped in the car, starts the car. She doesn't notice this, but the uh, the figure throws a rope over the tree branch and ties it to the back of the car. When she drives the car, huh. Damon's body is hoisted up into the air, strangling him. And when she notices, she tries to put the car in reverse to drop his body. His jo- body drops directly onto the windshield, shattering it. So there's blood the everywhere. F- Damon is dead. Like, he is, he's absolutely yeah. dead at this point. He's been dead three times over at this point. So she drives the car, and she's able to get back to campus. 
I, I, I don't know how, I guess, ostensibly she untied the rope. So she arrives back on campus and Reese is watching Pam Greer's The End of Sugarman and sort of like Love having that. this like fantasy, like I'm just going to, you know, a, a gun will solve everything, you know? Yes. And in this case, luckily, she is correct. And Natalie busts in. She's like, I just saw somebody. David died. His body fell in the car. And so they drive back out there because Reese is like, okay, great. Another dead student. Right. They drive out there. Right. His body is gone. There is no evidence they were ever there. Reese is like, okay, so you took like you took PCP or whatever. Like you're having some sort of you're you're, you're tripping and you're you hallucinated this because there's nobody here. See, I would believe that person though. Yes, well, and and especially because a murder had just happened. So right. Natalie's like, oh my god, it must be the gas station attendant who has disappeared. Like it must be the same person who committed this murder Ugh, nearby. This poor guy. He's getting such a bad rap among these students. And really, he's a good guy. And probably dead, I assume. <laughs> so uh, back at the coffee shop, Parker and the gang, they're reassuring Natalie. And Parker insists that, oh, this is classic Damon. He must have used a mannequin to prank you. Because he always uses mannequins to prank pledges during hazing, making me think he found a dead body. You know, he also has a life-size blow-up doll. It, this is an a, a elaborate scheme from Damon. And Brenda points out, well, that was true. Where's David? Wouldn't he be here laughing at the fruits right. of his joke? Right. And we Parker should have signed him. Parker says, well, he's out of town on a snowboarding trip. It was a, you know, he's, it was a bachelor party from some friend from high school. He's going to be gone all three days. We can't even call him. We don't even call a phone up there. You know? But, like, he was with her in the car, like— Yes, exactly. To like, leave, is, like, from, to leave, to be like, okay, like, I'm going to try and make out with you and then, like, fake your death and then be like, I got to go to this bachelor party. I'm not, like, going. <laughs> I mean. Like, <laughs> he didn't have any stuff with him. He <laughs> didn't have other people be, like, classic Damon. That guy, he's, that guy's hilarious. He's always busy and pranking. And Parker's evidence, though, is he's like, look, look, we just took this class. We just learned about this urban legend in Wexler's class. Damon must be doing it just to fuck with you because you're also in the class, you know? And that, but then Natalie realizes, like, wait a minute, this was an urban legend. The way that Michelle died was an urban legend, too. Like, there's someone in the back seat. It's like someone out there is taking all these stories and making them reality. Well, then my big question is, what is he going to do next, huh? Maybe put spider eggs in bubble gum or maybe ram a gerbil up a celebrity's ass? <laughs> they all laugh at her, Brenda, like Sasha, Parker. Nobody believes her. Right. And now I would ask you, Allison... What would you do at this point in the film? What would you do? I mean, this is, again, where I have to get a an adult or an authority involved. I would mm -hmm. be like, hey, like, I, I'm just going to need someone to prove to me, like, sure, maybe this is a prank, but I'm going to need evidence that, like, right. he is alive. So I would go ask, like, the school or, like, I hate even invoking the idea of involving the police, but mm -hmm. like in this situation, yes, you would think this this is the old, this is what they're supposed to do. This is right. like their actual purpose, and be like, I need like I'm not resting until like this has been proven to be just a prank or like just a thing. Because like I'm not I'm not cool with like people being like he's on a bachelor party, and it's like what about the dead body that crashed through the windshield of my car? Yeah. Something happened that night. I Something saw, happened. She would have known if it was a mannequin. So Natalie, because she's yes. smart, she calls the hotel where Damon is staying. But it's supposed to be like in the middle of nowhere or whatever. And they're like, well, we can't legally give you someone's name. And I can tell you like it's not the credit card it was booked on or like the name it was used to book it. But I did see mm -hmm. a bunch of college guys come and there was a bleach blonde guy. So I could tell, if I see him again, I could tell him to call you or whatever. 
So she's not able to verify it's actually him, but she's like, okay, well, that seems, if she saw that person, that sounds like it's him. So yeah. that, that reassures her enough that she's like willing to go about her life, you know? So she heads to the library. I don't know if it's enough for me. I mean, Absolutely I know we're in the world of the movie, not. but like, I'd be like, Elsa, okay. if I saw a dead body smash onto the windshield of a car I was attempting to drive, yes, this this is not going to do it I would be me. like, oh, there's another bleached blonde man at a hotel. Like, that's we're good. <laughs> so they, um, she goes to the library and she gets out, of course, the Encyclopedia of Urban Legends. And she runs into Sasha there. Sasha's taking out uh, the Kama Sutra. And she's like, oh my God, I'm going to blow Parker's mind with this. And she forces Natalie to show her the encyclopedia. And they look at the entry for the car killer. And then they go to the next page and it's the high beams, the gang high beams urban legend. Which you, do you know that one? I don't. So basically the premise of this one is, there's a quote, unquote gang initiation, which is a very like '90s buzzword. Like they did yeah. like a gang, and it's like yeah, a gang of serial killers, apparently. Yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> so basically, you drive around with your headlights off, and then the first person to flick their high beams at you to tell you to turn your lights on, you follow them, and you either kill them or you run them off the road, and just sort of, or you just sort of like follow them and tailgate them and like sort of terrorize them, and then you're a part of the gang. I don't know. That's but, a nightmare, right? <laughs> When she when Natalie checks who took the book out last, it was Damon. So she's like, okay, so maybe he what? Maybe this was a prank. Like maybe this was some elaborate way to like fuck with me if I didn't have I, sex with. I don't know. I guess again, girl. I yeah. don't. It's not enough for me. But whilst in whilst, co- college, yeah. me, I don't know. Maybe I would have been like, all right, whatever. Well, yeah, you gotta assume like okay, I'm assuming they're like 20 because everyone in this movie is 30, but um, maybe right. they're like 18. They're just like fully like not me, no, no. <laughs> Back at uh, the room, Tosh, her goth roommate, is putting up like an aim uh, message, being like, "Hey, any oh. goth guys on campus want to come hang out?" You know, I don't know how many there could possibly be. There's like a 3,000 I mean, b- person uh, student body, but a couple. Also, like. You, you could spot all of the fellow goths. You've already met them and had sex <laughs> you, with them, dude. You've oh, seen them. You've yeah. seen them. They've made themselves very noticeable and present. So Tosh puts in a way message being like, any goth guys want to bang? And one message is her, and she says, well, what room are you in? And while he's responding, she goes and like, puts on makeup and comes back. And she sees the reply just says, yours. Suddenly, a black-gloved hand Whoa. clamps over her mouth and <gasps> throws her out of the bed and shuts off the light. So when Natalie returns, she goes to turn on the light, but she hears them, what, she, what sounds like two people having sex. It is, of right. course, Tosh struggling to not be murdered. But yes. having just had this experience, Natalie's like, sorry, I'll keep the lights off. She puts her headphones in. She goes to sleep. All <gasps> while Tosh is being brutally murdered in the bed across the room, not realizing it. Oh, my God. Also, like, do you think you could sleep through a murder? I don't think I could sleep through two people having sex. I, I, no, I, I can't me imagine I'm sleep for, through a murder then, you know? I Yeah, at a wedding once in Spain, I, like, was sharing a room, oh. uh, separate beds, but sharing a room with a friend of mine who ended up uh, having sex with somebody from that wedding. And uh, What did you do? I, like, it, it woke me up. It was, like, early in the morning, and it woke me up, and then I was like, oh, no, but, like, I can't, like... I had been asleep at the beginning, so I didn't want to be like, now I'm up. Like, and yeah. so I was just like, I guess I'll just put the covers over my head <laughs> and like cry. And the, it was, so yeah, I think, I don't know. I like to think that I would know the difference between murder and sex, but maybe I don't. <laughs> this is, but I've heard, this is a, a, a fundamental urban legend. I've heard this one before. 
I would feel like I would stand, I would sit up and scream, what are you doing? I don't think I'd be able, whether I thought they were having sex or being murdered, I'd feel like I'd right. be like, okay, all right, everyone calm down over here. I would definitely also like turn the lights on and be like, come on, guys. And then like you would. Yeah, like it's a Tuesday. Also, this murderer is really banking on, it's really banking on Natalie not turning the light on. I think she's, I, this is what made me think it was in the Midwest. Like, I think she's assuming Natalie, she's got yelled at. Now she's just trying to be polite and tiptoe around this. So I, I, I kind of, uh, I, I fell for that. In the All morning, right. Natalie wakes up to find Tosh dead and the, a message written on the wall in her blood, aren't you glad you didn't turn on the light? Which, of course, is an urban legend. Had you heard that one before, Allison? I had not. I don't know many of. I, most of mine are gator and reptile specific. I, I guess. I love. Yeah, I love an animal or a legend. I feel like I had a book of them, or like maybe I was just personally obsessed. I, I love. I think I, love I also legend. did at some point. Like right. I feel because I like know some of them. So um, basically, uh, afterwards she has to meet with the Dean Adams and Reese while they're like taking Tasha's body out, and Jeez. they're like, "Why didn't you turn the lights on if you like walked in?" She's like, well, she'd been having sex before, you know. And like, so did you actually see someone in the room with her? And she's like, actually, I didn't really see anyone. I just heard something and I, I went to bed. Oh. So he's like, okay, so we don't think that anyone, we don't think she was murdered. We think she died by suicide because she was taking lithium. And the, the note on the wall was a suicide note, which Natalie is, of course, not having because that doesn't make any sense. No. no, that doesn't make any sense. So the the dean, again, he's so ready to be like, suicide wasn't a murder, doesn't implicate the college, nobody has to know about this, you know. And as they wheel Tasha's body pass, we see that her um, wrists have been cut open. So th- essentially the murderer had slashed her wrist to make it look like she did okay. kill herself. That she had, okay. So, okay, so maybe there, there is some evidence there. Outside, Paul corners Natalie and shows her a photo of her with Michelle in high school. And she's like, he's like, I think it's sort of odd. You would never mention this because here we've talked about her multiple times. It is a little odd. And Natalie says, I'm telling you now, Michelle, Tosh, and yes, Damon have been murdered and somebody's killing them and I need someone to believe me. And Paul's like, I don't believe it, but I will talk to you about it. And she shows him the Encyclopedia of Urban Legends and her theory that there is a serial killer, an Urban Legends serial killer, which he says, that's a stretch. And her theory is, okay, so this is the 25th anniversary of the Stanley Hall Massacre. What if it's the person who committed those murders? Every year it's been building and building. Okay. And now they finally snapped and they are killing students again, just like they did 25 years ago. And they go to look up the yearbook It's not archive. a terrible theory. Absolutely not. Right, why else would they target people at the college? Also, real quick, at this point, I would be like, I'm going home to my parents. See yes. you guys in the fall. Absolutely. I'm out. I'm going to withdraw. I'm going to take some incompletes and just cycle back around. Yeah, I'll just, if I have to like, you know, fill in some other stuff, I'll come back when this is settled. Or exactly. maybe never. So they go to look for the uh, 1973 yearbooks that have been 25 years. And they, it's missing from the library. And they grill the okay. weird janitor because he's been in the college forever. And he says, go talk to Professor Wexler. They go to Wexler's office hours. He's not there. So Paul Jimmy's the lock. And they're pawing through the papers and in this, like, storage closet in his office, she finds a winter coat and an axe in the ground. So, like, okay, this okay. looks fishy. not great. Just then, Professor Wexler comes back, and they have to hide, sort of, you know, as he rummages around. When they go to leave, assuming he has left, he, of course, pops out behind the, from the door, and they're hauled back into the dean's office. And they tell him, look, we think it's Wexler. We've decided that on the way over here. 
we saw the coat, we saw the axe, we saw him murdering people, you know. And Dean Adams tells Natalie, you know, I looked at your file and you got a year probation for reckless endangerment in high school, which Paul is also shocked to hear about. And Dean Adams says, Paul, you're off the paper. And Paul's like, you're not allowed to make that decision. Like, you're not allowed to dictate who works the paper. And he's like, no, I'm just telling you, your editor fired you an hour ago. So you're off the, you're... Your chances of going to be like win the Pulitzer or whatever, going to grad right. school have just been. I want to go to J school. Mm. Yeah, I mean, God bless, God bless those innocent people back then. I know you don't know that you're just throwing money away. You're all just be blogging and with no dental yep. insurance uh, for the rest of your lives. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, maybe now if you were going to the '90s, but now. Yeah, so, the '90s. I think you still had a chance. <laughs> outside, Paul's like, you need to explain to me what this reckless endangerment thing is now. But Natalie refuses, and he, and Paul storms away. Natalie goes to look for Brenda, who is swimming laps in the pool, and she's sort of watching from, like, the weight room or something, like, sort of like a glassed-off room, sure. watching Brenda do laps. And she sees someone in a winter coat enter the pool room, and she's banging, but Brenda cannot hear her. And she's slamming her fist in the glass. And yeah. finally, because she's a good friend— You're swimming. You can't hear. Oh, yeah. she got a cap on. she got uh, plugs. Yeah. And she picks up a chair, and she throws it against the glass, shattering it just as Brenda gets out of the pool— and the person in the coat turns around, and it's just another female swimmer getting in the pool. Like, she was just wearing yeah. a coat as she walked in. Because you wear those like, parkas, because it's cold. Yeah. So outside, Brenda's like, nothing is going to happen to me. Like, you can't, like, it seems like you're letting this sort of drive you insane. And Natalie finally admits to her that she knew Michelle Mancini, but they hadn't spoken in two years. Here is their connection. In high okay. school, one night, Michelle was driving Natalie's car. I was doing because she was drunk. And she said, I want to play a prank using that gang initiation in Urban Legend. So she turns off her lights. Somebody flashes them. Michelle whips around, and they start tailgating this person, honking and laughing. And Natalie says, like, I realized I had gone too far, but, like, I didn't—I couldn't tell Michelle that, or I didn't tell Michelle that. They end up driving this guy off the road and killing him. His car goes out of control. It is a teenage boy who is their age, and he dies in the crash. So the cops were leading with them because they're both white and, you know, middle class Mm -hmm. or whatever. We just got a year probation. But she's like, I never, it ruined our friendship because I could never forgive Michelle and I could never forgive myself. And then Natalie says, to your point, I think I'm going to go home for a few weeks. And Brenda's like, no, like, we're going to go out tonight. It's that big slaughter uh, anniversary party. I'm not going to let you out of my sight unless Paul wants to hook up, in which case I will see you at your funeral, bitch. Like, I do not care. Um, And meanwhile, Paul's doing some research. Under the uh, eye of the weird janitor, and he finds a newspaper revealing that 25 years ago, that night, Professor Wexler, who was then an undergrad, was the sole survivor of the Stanley Hall massacre. So that did happen. It did happen. Okay. So he finds out not only proof that it happened, but that Wexler was there. There. And that's enough for Paul to be like, okay, that seems like too much to be a coincidence. And just that he knows the janitor, the weird janitor sort of scurries away. Um, That night, uh, Dean Adams is going to his parking garage, and he's startled by Reese. And Reese is like, okay, so um, I'm, I want to call some extra security for the weekend. I am concerned about the children who are dying. Um, you know, even if we're going to say, okay, uh, this was right. all an accident or a, a coincidental, it, 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 people are dying, and I want to have this sort of the show yes. of, of security theater or whatever. Yes. And she says, I was trying to follow up about Damon Brooks because I had heard about him from the gang and he, I can't find him either. I, the hotel, I can't I can't confirm where he is. And I was just like, going to ask, like, what's the status? He would definitely be here for this partying weekend. Exactly. 
And the dean, he's like, no, no, he's, he's not missing. It's the weekend. He's away for the weekend. And he keeps saying weekend. And it's like, okay. It's like, we're in America. It's weekend. And I, I've listened to a lot of true crime, as we've said, but like, if somebody in the in authority tells you, no, they're just gone for the weekend, call the newspaper because yeah. they are not, and you need to they're let not. people know. You need to get the word yes, out. Yes, I agree. Either way, Dean Adams is like, he's probably shacked up in a hotel with a girl or a guy or a farm animal. Weren't you ever 18? And Reese says, not that kind of 18. And he says, I no. don't want you overacting. I do not want you to contact police or parents without my permission, okay? And Reese is like, you're being an asshole. But That's she super leaves. suspicious. As soon as she leaves, somebody underneath Dean Adams' car slashes his Achilles tendon. See, this is mm-hmm. one I'm familiar with. And crawls out after him. So Dean Adams is crawling, leaving like a, a trail of blood behind him. Until yeah, and you finally, can't even stand up. Exactly. Yeah. And there's no one else there because it's like the, at the end of the day, everyone's already left. And he, the as he's trying to crawl away, the murderer drives his car over him, impaling him into those spikes that prevent you from like backing up when <gasps> you're like leaving a parking yes. garage. Yes, uh, yes. Leaving him there. But every, nobody knows because everyone, all the kids are at the frat house. Everyone's dressed up like it's Halloween and they're throwing a rager for the 25th anniversary. Yeah. And some dweeb is talking to Sasha and he's like, oh, the screams that I've layered over the music are actual screams for help by a girl being murdered. Isn't that cool? And she's like, don't talk to no. me. I'm Tara That's Reed in 1998. Cool. You think I'm going to yeah. fucking talk to you? Right. I am the hottest that anyone has ever been. I am wearing a ribbed tight tank top and a jean skirt. I am Tara Reed. And you think <laughs> I assume it, that's what she's wearing. Absolutely. A choker. She looks phenomenal. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, the idea that like you think it's cool that you took audio from a 911 call and put it over music yeah. and that's like hip. Yeah, I guess cool. we were all 18. Yeah, I mean, that seems like an 18 yeah, year old thing to no, do. No, I mean, like, I, there's a point in my life where I would have been like, interesting. Yeah, I'd be like, wow, tell me more. So Natalie shows up and uh, and Brenda gets them beers. Paul finally shows up and says, "Okay, I've I found this evidence. I think Pendleton. You're right. Pendleton covered up the massacre, and in exchange for uh, Wexler's silence, they gave him a job for life. Which I was like, oh, so it's tenure. That's essentially what he had to do That's to get tenure. Good for him. I mean, there's a pension. There's I mean, there's job security. You know, yeah. if you have to live through a a massacre of all of your fellow students at a young age, you should get uh, a lifetime of health insurance." <laughs> Okay, so Natalie says, okay, so let's just call the cops right now. Again, Natalie's yeah. coming forward with these good ideas. Like, okay, Paul says, I did, but Dean Adams already called the police and said they were going to be getting prank calls all night because it's the anniversary. And he gave them our names specifically. So if we, when I called, they're like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. Again, to potentially to avoid a scandal. He doesn't want anyone right. to know and associate the college with these murders. Well, it's like, too bad. Now you're dead and there's a scandal. <laughs> right, bitch. You played yourself. That's a, Let that be a lesson to all of us. And so, yes. you know, Paul apologizes to Natalie for not believing her. And she kind of breaks down like it's so nice to hear. And he tells her, like, it's it, we're going to be okay. We're going to get through this. And they kiss. And just then, Brenda walks in with her beers and she is pissed. And she gave a beer, thrust a beer in Natalie's head. It's like, you, you should work fast, Natalie. And she goes out of the par- porch to cry, which we've all been there. And Who hasn't cried out of porch in college? I thought very funny during this, like, they're, like, sober conversation. Zoot Suit Ride by Cherry Popping Daddy was playing from downstairs. It's, like, a perfect song. <laughs> Wait, is that... <laughs> the perfect song to be underscoring, to discuss like, an emotional moment. Yeah. Um, so, in the main building, Reese says goodnight to the weird janitor, and uh, she's, like, locking up, and she goes and she finds Professor Wexler's office. It's been completely trashed, like, torn apart, Ooh. And the axe is missing from his storage closet. And when she turns to leave, she slips and falls in a huge pool of blood on the floor of his <gasps> office. 
Meanwhile, back at the party, Paul tries to get Parker to shut the party down and be like, everyone go home, lock yourselves in your dorm yeah. rooms. We can't, no authorities are going to help us. We have to help ourselves. Yes. Parker, we literally cannot be saved. Yeah. Parker turns out the music, but then just ends up publicly ridiculing Paul and going on this like Ugh. theatrical tirade to be like, maybe you're the one killing them, Paul, so you have something to write about. Do you ever think about that? And it's like, okay, well, he got kicked out the paper, so it's not him. In the yeah. end, sorry, Paul. Everyone's like, they're just grooving and like the beers are flowing. We cannot stop to live. We were, we will die to party. In the kitchen part of the frat house, Parker receives a call and it's uh, a, sounds like a man. It says, you're going to die tonight. And it says it's from Damon Ooh. Brooks who lives in, the bil- uh, lives in the frat house. So he's like, okay. oh, you asshole. Like, this is all a prank. You're in your room calling me. So he runs upstairs on the phone being like, this is the one about the babysitter, right? She's getting those scary, harassing phone calls. They're coming from inside the house, right? But ask wait, aren't you forgetting something? I'm not babysitting any kids. Wrong legend. This is the one about the old lady who drives her wet dog in the microwave. And he runs back to the kitchen and he opens the microwave right as it dings, and um, a dead dog is blown up inside it. Oh, God. And I was like, oh, did I miss, like, maybe he had a dog at the beginning and I didn't remember? I checked it. He didn't. So I was like, why is that the one? Just out of nowhere, they're just like, what if we explode a dog in a microwave? And it's like, yeah, put it in, put it in, put it in. Yeah, 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 it's good, it's good. Okay, unfortunately, he runs to the bathroom to throw up because it is disgusting. And he's attacked from behind. I would not even go to the bathroom. I would barf right onto the dog. Absolutely. And I'm like, whose dog is that? He runs, he runs to the bathroom and he's attacked. And when he wakes up, he's tied to the toilet, like hogtied backwards. So like his back is bent over the toilet bowl. And the killer, who's in the oh, winter coat, God. proceeds to shove a funnel in his mouth or like a beer bog, pour oh, no. pop rocks into it, and then dump a container of Drano until he <gasps> vomits up blood and dies still hogtied to the toilet. Allison, what? where does that rank on the top 10 worst ways to die? Because I was like, that is awful. I think that's at least a six or a five. Like that is in that is solidly in the top 10. I'm sure there are some more horrific things that could fall above it that our brains can't even come up right. with. But that is fucking up there. At least if you're decapitated, I, I imagine you die fairly quickly. This is like your yeah. organs have to like, you, you can't yeah, breathe. You ha- your Ugh. body has to completely fail you. Good and like, God. As, as someone with a fully metal spine, right. I'm like, to be, to be bent over in a direction that isn't natural and tied there and it being a toilet is like a, just a, right. a, adds insult to injury, truly. And yes, Parker was kind of a chode, but he didn't deserve this. Sorry, Parker. No one Too deserves for this that. World. Back in the administrative mm. building, um, Reese is calling 911, and he's like, "There, she's like, there's a huge puddle of blood. I just fell in it. And the is like, well, there's this big storm rolling in, so all of our units are presently returning to co- responding to calls. I don't have somebody I could send to you. And it's like, are there two cops in this town? As soon as right. there's a rainstorm, like, they're busy. Rainstorm can't outweigh a giant blood puddle in an administrative college building. Like, right. that should yeah. be, it should be like, get the people out of the rainstorm, send them to the blood puddle. Wait, this is not a tornado or a hurricane. Like, it just looks like a heavy rainstorm. And they're like, our two right. cops are out there. I know that I Sorry. can do about it. They're just out there with umbrellas. And Reese is like, you, sw- you uh, swear to serve and protect, but when something actually happens, you don't give a rat's ass. And she hangs up and she goes, I'm going to do this myself. Which oh. is great. Reese is my favorite character. Natalie tries to call Paul in his uh, room because he had stormed out of there, but she can't find him. And just then she hears Sasha's radio show, which, of course, Sasha had left, and they're now playing at the party. Like you hear at all college parties, you have to turn on the 
sexy radio station. Yes. And um, she's talking to a couple who got stuck together during sex, like dogs, which I don't think is possible. I didn't do any research, but unless that's in her religion, too. Do dogs get stuck together during sex? I guess they can, yes. But I think that's a dog-specific or an animal-specific thing. Yeah, I don't feel like I've ever heard of humans getting stuck together. Yeah, or I guess maybe it's an animal. Some animals have bones in their penises. Anywho, if you're Uh, an 18-year-old, don't worry. I don't think that could happen. Unfortunately, while she's there, the lights go off and her producer gets pulled away by a shadowy figure. And she goes to look sort of through the window of the recording booth, only to have a the killer smash through the glass with an axe and start chasing her through the building. And because she's still attached to her microphone, everyone <sighs> can hear her screaming, but because that Ooh. dweeb put those screams over the music, everyone's like, this is just that cool guy's new music that I've been listening to or whatever. Whatever this dumb is why cool music is a problem. Yeah, it either sounds like a video game or like someone being murdered or both. Yes. Not for me. Not so, for me. luckily, Dadley recognizes it for what it is. She runs over there. Unfortunately, Sasha is, you know, being chased down, hunted down, and ends up falling off of a staircase, being chased by this killer. She survives. However, she is now okay. injured, and she is limping. Yes. And she's doing her best. Ooh. Tara Reed— A limp. Tara is Reed str- has, like— tough. Her titties are out. She is running as fast as she possibly can. She is screaming. She is doing the work, you know? And I feel she's like really giving you what you want for exactly this exactly where Tara Reed needs to be. Like, this is the acting— Like, this is the eye of the needle for her. Yes. And uh, Natalie arrives in the station just in time, not to save her, but to see the killer just fucking hack Sasha, Sasha oh. to death with, a, with an axe. So she has watched this murder, and then the killer turns, and Natalie realizes the killer has seen— this scenario. She, Seen her. Okay. Yeah. So she runs to find Paul at his uh, dorm room and demands to know where he was. And she's like, I was running all over campus trying to like find the dean or like call somebody. Like all the power is out because of the, uh, all the phones are out because of the storm. And of course, he does not know that the dean is a goner and is yes. absolutely dead in the parking garage. And Natalie's like, wait a minute, is this motherfucker the killer the whole time? Is that why when I called your dorm, you weren't here? Have you been running around killing people? Right. And he tells her the phone line's dead, so she double-checks it. But he's right. It is dead. So they okay. run through the rain okay. of Paul's car. So he wasn't lying about that. And they run into a soaked Brenda who also heard the radio broadcast and was like, what the fuck is going on? So they throw her in Paul's okay. car, and they start driving. They're like, we're just going to drive to town. We're going to drive to the police station. Like, we have to find somebody else to help us. Like, there are no adults here, apparently, like, who live anywhere yeah. near campus. So they're driving there, and Reese, meanwhile, has made it to the radio station to find Sasha's dead body, and she speeds out to find the Dean, but of course, he dead. Bye, Dean. So they're driving, and they make it to the first gas station, and it's not the same gas station, it's just a gas station, and they stop. It's just like a different gas station? It's a nicer gas station. But still, like, I'm sure horrifying. Okay, it's nicer. Yeah, this is a nicer one, and uh, they stop, and Paul runs in to use the phone, and while they're there, Natalie's like, it really smells weird in the car. And she and Brenda have a moment. Brenda's like, I'm sorry I freaked out when you kissed Paul. Like, if you like each other, you should date each other. And Natalie's like, you're my best friend. Like, I love you so much. But it really does smell bad in here. So they get up, and then suddenly okay. they hear, they get out of the car, they hear an uh, alarm going off. They go to the trunk, and they open it, and they find Dean Wexler's murdered body in the Ooh. trunk of Paul's car. And Brenda turns to Natalie and says, yeah, you could have him. And they set off running into the forest just as Paul comes out of the gas station. And he is chasing okay. them into the woods. So they are now running through, like, what is soaking wet marsh. And they get separated. Ugh. Now, like, I can hear Brenda screaming. 
But she's, you know, getting disoriented, doesn't know what to do, just saw this dead body in Paul's trunk. And Natalie makes it, loops around and makes it back to the road. And a truck picks her up. And the driver is, of course, the weird janitor. And okay. he, she, but she gets in and he's like, are you okay? And he offers her his coat. It is, of course, a winter coat in the exact same style as we've seen the killer's coat. So Natalie's like, God damn it. She's like, I'm just going to get out Wait. and try to open the door as they're driving. Weird yes. janitors got that coat. Okay. Well, I'm just saying, I'm, listen, I'll be, if it's a I'm popular surprised. coat, yeah, this coat, I feel like this is the kind of coat like a lot of people have this. It's like a dark winter coat with a fur hood. Sure. It's yeah, not yeah. a unique coat. But he does have a coat that looks just like it. So she starts to open the door as they're driving, and the weird janitor has, like, child locks or whatever. As she's freaking out, a car with its lights off drives past. (gasps) And weird janitor's like, these idiot kids driving with other headlights and flips his high beams on. Oh, no, janitor! The car whips around and starts chasing them. And and Natalie says, oh, no, it's him. And now I ask you, Allison, who will survive? survive. Oh, I feel like Weird Jander is going to die just because I feel like we like, it's like kind of a roller coaster with him. Um, yes. Natalie, I think, will survive. Okay. Who else is left? We've got Paul. Paul. We've got Brenda. Brenda. We, ostensibly. And then we've got Reese, the security guard. I think Reese will die. And I think Brenda will die. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pitch that I think Natalie is the only survivor of this film. Okay. And who do you think is the killer right now? Paul? Okay. All right. That's my guess as I struggle <clears throat> to keep the name straight and also to suss out exactly what could be coming next. Okay. So Natalie tells Weird Janitor, you got to fucking floor it. They're being chased down and they're eventually run off the road by this person. Natalie is able to crawl out of the wreck I don't want Weird Janitor to be dead. I'm going to pretend that he's injured and he's just passed out in his car. But and I believe we're going to think survives, but he he'd dies. be dead. Okay. And she's R.I.P. Weird Janitor. Yeah. The you, worst credit on IMDb, truly, I think. Truly. But the actor who did it, did it uh, play the role, absolutely phenomenal. Um, <laughs> and she starts running back to campus because now they're closer to campus. Like, she's like, I have to go back there. There's nowhere else around here. Like, I can't just run back yeah. into the woods. And back no, at, no, no, you got to go to civilization. Yeah. And back at, back at school, Reese has, gets her gun out of her gun safe, so it's like her own gun. And she looks at her Great. Pam Greer poster, and she's like, locked and loaded, I'm going to do this. She's like, thanks, girl. Uh, Natalie makes it back to campus, and she hits one of those, like, emergency call buttons. And yeah. um, But, of course, we've got one fucking campus security guard, and apparently nobody, like, fucking checks it, their voicemail or whatever. No one responds. So now there's, like, a blue flashing light, and... She hears Brenda screaming for help from inside Stanley Hall, which is directly in front of her. And Natalie, and that's the abandoned, yes, okay. the abandoned murder zone. And Natalie, being a great friend, goes in and she goes to the abandoned dorm. And she's like, "God oh. damn it!" And she's making her way to Brenda. It's like there's still beds and stuff, but like that's yeah. pretty much it. It's, it's really sort of decimated. And she hears Brenda screaming, "He's going to kill me!" And she makes it to the top floor and she finds Parker's dead body. Dean Adams's dead body under a sheet on the bed, and then Damon's body hanging in a closet from the rope, like he's like a coat this or something. This is a lot of uh, hauling around of corpses. The don't think too hard too hard about the physics of like yeah. how this would happen or why someone would do this. It, it, you yeah. just have to take it as it comes. It's just like this is a little uh, tour de murder yeah. of this film. Okay, so um, Natalie makes it to the top floor. 
and she finds a room full of lighted candles, and Brenda is now silent, lying on the bed, motionless. And Natalie assumes the worst, and she collapses to the ground in tears. And just as she does, Brenda sits up and just punches her the fuck out. When Natalie wakes up, still in the candlelit room, Brenda is taking off her winter coat, the same winter coat we've seen. And and Natalie realizes she's been tied to the bed and gagged, okay? And Brenda Brenda did all of this? Yes. And Brenda, Rebecca Gayhart, great in this role. She's got to wait 98 pounds soaking wet. Like, I mean, that's the thing. I'm like, how did she even get these bodies into these places, let alone commit all of these murders? This is a great question. I will not be able to answer that. No, there is no answer. And she's channeling, you know, like Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. Like, she's like, gives this truly over the top, a really fun monologue. And she's oh, like, even I better, I brought a visual aid. And she has a slideshow. And she's projected on the wall. And she's going through photos. Oh, my God. Ding, 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 ding. His name was David Evans. The one you and your friends decided to have a little fun with that night. You know, David and I were going to get married that summer. Right after graduation. He was the boy. Natalie and Michelle ran off the road killing him. His name is David. Wow. And Natalie says, Brenda, I'm sorry. I've always regretted that. We didn't mean for it to happen. I think maybe if you were to, like, see somebody and talk to them, and Brenda screams, I've tried therapy, Natalie, and it clearly did me no good. And so— I could see her saying that. And so Brenda's like, you know— Michelle and, Nat- Michelle and Natalie used an urban legend to kill David. So now I'm going to use an urban legend to kill you, Natalie. Which urban legend is it that she's going to use, Allison? Ooh. I mean, something with a hook? A good guess. No. It is, um, of course, yeah. the kidney heist. The story of oh. a man goes to a bar, a woman gets him a drink, they go back to her place. He wakes up in the morning in a tub full of ice, and his yes. kidney has been removed. And But Brenda says, don't worry, I'm not going to be picky. I'm just going to start cutting you up and taking out your organs. So if I don't know what a kidney looks like, it's not going to bother me. Also, like, not exactly staying true to the legend. Yeah, she's pretty, playing pretty fast and loose. And now it's like, you're never going to like, get away with it. Like, eventually they're going to figure it out. Why did she kill all the other people? Well, luckily, Brenda's the kind of okay. villain who explains everything. Brenda says, no, I this is exactly why I'll get away with it. Because I kill the other people to throw them off the track. And then I'm going to make it look like Wexler killed himself. So she's going to pin it all on Wexler. They'll find his body later and be like, oh, my God, he did go insane. He was the survivor of the massacre. Yes. And he did kill all these kids and the dean. And I'll be able to blame it on him successfully. And Natalie's like, shit, that's not a bad idea at all. No, it's pretty good. And Brenda says, don't you, I mean, don't you want to be an urban legend? All your friends are now, you know? And she starts just stabbing a scalpel into Natalie's abdomen and slicing it open. Luckily, the movie's hero fucking busts in. It's Reese with a gun. And she's like, bitch, you gotta, and she was able to get her away from the bed and, you know, about to kill her. Unfortunately, Brenda has a knife and ends up slashing Reese. She drops the gun. There's like a scramble for it. Of course. Natalie ends up with the gun, and eventually Brenda gets it away from her. And Natalie, Brenda has the gun trained on her, and she's like, shooting me is not going to bring David back. He's like, no, but it will bring Paul directly into my arms. Killing you, I'm going to get two things. One, I'll get revenge, and two, I'll, Paul will be interested in me. Essentially because I'm killing the only other woman. I don't they're all yeah, at the school, you know. It doesn't really track, but you know, I get that kind of logic when you're an insane person. 
Yeah, and then also he'll be able to write about the murders and get his Pulitzer. Just then, Paul walks in the door having to do this, and he applauds Brenda's scheme. He's like, Brenda, this is a great idea. This is the fresh start we both need. This is a huge scoop. I'm going to need so many details, so we're going to spend a lot of time together. But I think if you just gave me the gun, we could just go talk about it now. Try to defuse the situation. Sure. And Brenda says, you know what? You're, You're cute, but you're not that cute. And Reese attempts to stop Brenda, and she ends up shooting Reese. So Reese is laying in a pool of her blood before Brenda turns the gun on on Paul and Natalie, and she says, so who should I shoot first? Eeny, meeny, miny. And then Reese, because we saw her get her own personal gun, pulls out another gun, barely struggling to be conscious, and shoots Brenda as she says, mo, and collapses, which is not as cool as I think maybe the screenwriters thought, where it's like, she says, mo, and then shoots someone, and then passes out. Her, like, final word is mo? Yeah. Not cool. So, yeah, and uh, Natalie ends up grabbing the gun, and Brenda's like, what kind of friend are you, Natalie? You'd kill me. And Natalie just blows her away, and Brenda flies out of the third-story window onto the ground. And she and Paul... Uh, like embrace and they're like we got to get help for uh, for Reese and they run to his car and they're driving to town and it, I, I think they put this in ADR because I think audiences were like we need to know sure. if Reese lives because we hear him yeah. say everything is going to be fine paramedics are on the way and Reese is going to be fine which is like okay. we've not seen you do anything to make that be true and also why do the phones work now I think they're right. just like we test they're audiences like, want to know close some loops on some things yeah yeah and Natalie says they you focus know, grouped it. And Natalie realizes, like, this is going to become a legend, too. Like, Brenda will become a guy, and you'll be a cop, and I'll end up in an insane asylum. And Paul says, well, this is an urban legend. What's what's going to be the twist? Just then, Brenda, who, again, just fell, like, four stories, leaps up with an axe in the backseat of his car, and they're driving on a bridge. He veers into the guardrail. She shoots through the windshield and flies into the river. What? As they watch, they see her body sink sometime later. We, are, we join a new group of 35-year-olds playing 18-year-olds, cozying up in the fire and they're in a different student center. And some guy named Blake is telling the, the urban legend of the movie Urban Legend we just saw. And Blake says, the thing of it is, they never found the body. And they assume the rain must have washed her body down the river, but who knows? And everyone laughs at him, and he's like, I'm telling you, it happened here at Ashton University. And they're like, no, I, I think, you know, that, like, they're all kind of, like, adding different things. Like, oh, actually, she was, like, my old roommate's cousin, you know, whatever. Yeah. And he's like, does no one believe me? And one woman turns around, and it is, of course, uh, Brenda. And she says, I believe you, but that's not how it went. Now, listen up, guys. This is how the story really goes. And that's the end. And I made a comment. Here's my comment at the end. So fun. Love it. So fun. Do love Wait, so did she just look, like, fully normal? She, yeah, she looked fine. She, her hair was a little bit straighter, but not, like, super straight. Um, I don't yeah, know how she okay. would have survived not only falling off no, a building, no- but flying through a windshield into the river. Yeah, there's no reason that that person would be alive, but I love that she is. I do like when a movie, you know, when I hear about a movie that ends with, like, a, and it keeps happening. Yeah. Right, she's seemingly unstoppable, and which I, I yes. did enjoy. So, Alison, what are some fatal mistakes you think that the characters in this movie made? Fatal mistakes. I mean, again, I will always say it. You got to tell other people what's happening. Yes. No matter who, uh, whatever level of authority, or even just like, I would just tell every student, like, 
if everybody on campus like was like this is going on, it would be harder to pull off some of these murders. Yeah. And to ignore them. Yeah, I think that once you see someone's body fall onto a windshield, you got to get out of there. Even if it is, yeah, no one believes you, just go home. home. Just go home. I would have gone home. Like even like and also like the trauma like even if it all stops, like you're like, "Well, I have to recover from, from that right, experience." Exactly. Um, I wanted to have you pick between three urban legends of which ones you'd rather live through. Okay, great. Okay, so one is uh, Humans Can Lick Two, which is a variation on Aren't You Glad That You Didn't Turn On The Light, which is a woman is living with her dog, and uh, okay. every night she kinda, when she wakes up, she puts her hand next to the bed to feel the dog licking her fingers. <sighs> and she does it one night. Everything seems fine. She wakes up in the morning. All of her roommates have been brutally murdered. And written on the wall in human blood, it says... Humans can lick, too. Oh. So that one. The one where okay. where someone finds a rat in their fried chicken. Or the <sighs> urban legend about the Phil Collins song in the air tonight, where they allege that the, move, the it's written about somebody watching somebody watch somebody drowned. But, of course, it's just made up. Or is it? Which one of those would you rather deal with in your everyday life? Okay, well, I love that Phil Collins song, so I uh-huh. don't want to believe anything about it. The rat, I mean, no, yeah, no, I can't. I think I would honestly rather the first one. <laughs> like, yeah, you'd rather your roommate. We don't even have any roommates, so it's kind of perfect. I, I live alone, so more terrifying if something licks me. Um, right, you'd I don't be, have a pet you'd, either. You'd catch on, okay. Yeah, yeah, you'd figure it out much sooner. I guess, like, is the alternative that, like, just that it's true that somebody watched somebody die? I mean, I guess I don't know those people, and it didn't happen to me. I just like that song, and I guess I can't listen to that song anymore. Right, so which, yeah, so you, you'd rather live, you'd rather I guess have somebody I would, lick I guess your I hand. Could lose, I could lose one Phil Collins song. Yeah, because he's got Sue Studio, he's got a tongue. He has, I mean, between his solo career and Genesis, the, the man, is, his oeuvre is imp- incredible. The Tarzan so. soundtrack. Yeah. I guess I would, I would do the rat and the fried chicken, because, like, I'll be honest, like, if, someone, if I was at a restaurant, they're like, we have fried rat, I'd be like, I would try it. I'm not above eating a rat. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. No, I'm not. What is a it's chicken not like, if not, not like a they rat? found it on I guess like the thing is about that is like if a restaurant was serving me a fried rat, I don't assume it's a rat that lives in a factory that yeah. fell into a chicken vat. That's like a fair it's a point. rat. It's it's something that was uh, you know, raised for the purpose of eating. Right. I only eat ethically sourced rat meat. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Ethically sourced rat, absolutely. Uh accident rat, absolutely not. <laughs> and then finally, where would we place the movie on the spooky scale, Allison? Spooky scale. I feel, I mean, I love the whole vibe of this movie and this entire genre slash time period of films. So I think, like, it's more fun than it is scary. So I'll give it a five. Okay, great. Yeah, I'm going to give it a three just because, like, I don't find it scary. I think it's super fun. But at no yeah. point am I actually like, oh, my God, because it's yeah. so comfortable. Like, you really, it's the pleasure yeah. of being like, I know exactly what's going to happen. It's it's that kind of um, yeah. relaxation popcorn movie rather than yeah. edge of your Super seat. Super fun. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, well, guys, um, thank you so much for letting us ruin this movie for you. Yes. We love doing this. If you have requests, we are we are slowly making our way through the many requests that we have, but we definitely are always open to more. So please send your requests either... Um, over Instagram at Ruin Podcast or Twitter at Ruin Podcast or email them to us. Our email address is ruined at theradiopoint.com. 
And as always, your best. Please, we gotta keep it spooky. Keep it spooky. Bye. Bye. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. Recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. Hop, hop, hooray! Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find?